the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome. My name is Mike Lee. Times being what they are, our very special guests today are Alex Moskal, who is the Vice President and the Gateway Branch Manager for Riverview Community Bank, and our old pal Bess Wills, owner of Gresham Ford. And check out their websites, which I'll link up to our Difference Makers page at truetalk100.com for location and information about how you can help the Ukraine situation. Those websites are riverviewbank.com and, of course, greshamford.com. So starting off with you, our dear friend over the years and philanthropic sister, Bess Wills, would you like to introduce our friend, Alex? Well, I really would. I'm just so grateful, Mike, for you and Salem Communications today for getting us here at this moment in our history. God was at my shoulder and on my text a week ago Sunday when Alex sent me a text to please go to the Ukrainian Bible Church in Fairview for a prayer vigil uh, at 6 o'clock in the evening. And, of course, we'd seen, you know, the atrocities on the TV from Ukraine and so forth. But I went to that prayer vigil that night and saw and heard all the things that were needed in Ukraine. And and I'm so grateful for Alex. I, I had known Alex professionally as a member of the Board of Directors of Riverview Community Bank. He's obviously one of our very valued employees. But his being from Ukraine and an immigrant and being a part of their leadership team for the uh, Oregon Ukrainian Culture Association he is so in tune with what the needs are. So I'm going to turn it over to my friend, Alex, now. And he's he's someone that we can get the story from. He's the someone that can tell us exactly what needs to be done and how we can help our dear Christian brothers and sisters in Ukraine right now. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me here. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, uh, Bess. Uh, you know, what happened 11 days ago, um, Russians uh, invaded Ukraine. And every day, I think we have uh, more and more news and more and more terrible news what's going on uh, in Ukraine. Russian army bombing schools, Russian army bombing residential areas, and Russian army bombing churches. It's um, never seen before. The cruelty that is in Ukraine has never been uh, before. And... Uh, as for today, uh, 1.7 million Ukrainians um, were forced to leave their homes. They are forced to leave their towns. They are forced to leave uh, their country. And um, we so appreciative of um, everyone, especially Christian churches around the world, with uh, such a huge help that we get in from around the world and I was so touched, you know, I on a very short notice, I reached to uh, Bass 
and and told her about the event that we had uh, uh, you know uh, one week ago at the Ukrainian Bible Church and um, we received um, a huge support pastors more than forty churches around there um, you know Gresham Fairview Portland came and they uh, pray together and they ask God to to help us to help community to help Ukraine and we are Christians uh, all together united as never before because we never before faced it, such a cruelty and um, that's going on in Ukraine we pray uh, you know to stop war we pray for peace and and um, this is so difficult, you know. Uh, for me, I'm an immigrant from Ukraine who've been in the U.S. for more than 20 years. I, you know, I appreciate um, me being here. U.S. It's a country of uh, great people. It's a great culture, great support, and it's a, you know, I really see how Protestants uh, value every day are uh, here in in U.S. and how it's it's helping everyone um, everywhere here in U.S. But going back to Ukraine, um, I think you would not meet any person who are from Ukraine here in uh, in Oregon or in U.S. overall who would sleep well for the last eleven days because um, uh, it's so difficult. It's uh, you know we pray more than often. You know we well. You have so many family there. You know most of you have family still there. Yeah. Like uh, talking about my particular case, my um, my wife's uh, mother and uh, her sister and her daughter were in the Kiev, Ukraine, in the capital of Ukraine, and uh, they waited a couple days before they they were able to leave capital. So they lived they they lived number of days not in their apartment. They lived in a uh, bomb shelter, packed with people, packed with people, and um, they were. The only, um, the, the only what they were able to hear, Russian bombs uh, falling uh, from skies, uh, from Russian bombarders, and the prey of people. This is only two, two possible that you can hear. But I, what they mentioned to me that prayers were listened louder, and um, you know. And over the prayer, they forget about bombs falling on on their city. So they see that hope, and and they were blessed with the fact that they were able to live safely to their uh, western Ukraine. In case of my uh, brother's family, his wife and his daughter uh, were able to leave Ukraine. Uh, you know, four or five days after invasion, and you know. Usually it takes eight nine hours to leave uh, capital of Ukraine to the western Ukraine. In their case, their travel time was more than twenty eight hours because they they need to stop certain places. They they need to wait because there and here were uh, bombing and uh, and they ended up well in the western Ukraine. And I just spoke to them last night. They they brought to my uh, cousin a uh, near city of Chernivtsi. Uh, you know, 18 people. And they, my cousins, they have just a small, uh, you know, uh, three-bedroom house. So now 18 people plus them, um, you know, live in the same house. It's like 22 people live in the same house. Um, they they have uh, meals together, they have prayers together, and they pray for 
for, you know, stopping a war. And they mentioned we are totally different people than we before uh, than we were before war. It's uh, this um, bombing, this stress uh, would would be difficult to get rid of them. But they thankful to God and they praying and they hoping for better days to come. Alex Moscow is the vice president and the branch manager of the Gateway location of Riverview Community Bank. And he also serves as vice president of the UACA, which stands for the Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon. Is that correct, Alex? Yes, it's correct. So speaking about our association, so it's a big Ukrainian community here in Portland and uh, southwest Washington. We're talking about around 100,000 people who came from Ukraine after 1991, after Soviet Union collapse. And uh, we live here, our families are here, our businesses are here, our churches are here. And um, I, I would say that you would not find any member of our community who would not be thankful to God for being here in the U.S., you know, having their new lives, um, having uh, freedoms uh, or what they had here, because majority of those people been uh, persecuted during the Soviet era, during Soviet Union, you know, churches were locked and, um, you know, basically they were praying in underground. So today bringing that to majority of population here, maybe people just unnotice what they have here in U.S. You know, they, they don't know that some countries people still praying in well, underground. Alex, I was struck by the fact when I went to the prayer, prayer vigil at the Ukrainian Bible Church, you know, I've gone to a lot of churches in our metro area, and I've prayed in a lot of churches, well, quite frankly, worldwide. But I've never been somewhere for that length of time from from 6 o'clock to almost 9 o'clock with continual prayer and music that people were so committed to praying and praying for just one thing, that that God would protect and serve those that need their, need his protection right now in the Ukraine. And it was certainly uh, brought crystal clear of the David Goliath. I know that that's been mentioned on lots of news agencies, but the whole concept of David and Goliath, meaning Ukraine as opposed to Russia. And it was a... Uh, <laughs> I, I I probably have never prayed with so many people that for many years were not allowed to have freedom of religion. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Alex, what a blessing for you to ask my husband and myself to join you because, you know, you, you think you know what the, you know, what the power of prayer is. And then you go in a room where there's such a need and that there's such a powerful message, and it's it was very um, it was very very as sad as the times were, it was certainly uplifting. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, really, for joining us as 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 well as many leaders of many local churches um, joined us, and um, we feel here that we supported so by so many churches. And um, it's a huge Christian community here in Oregon, and uh, 
and thank you for all of your support. And speaking about Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon, I just let me share what we do here, do here in very short period of time. We appreciate Medical Team International that donate us almost two containers of medical supplies, which we try to, um, you know, we cannot do by sea because it's going to take two months and people I need there now. So uh, we going to have um, a cargo plane leaving San Francisco in, in um, on March 13th with all those medical supplies uh, to Ukraine because as we watch the news, as we, uh, uh, you know, look at the Internet, the number of uh, wounded people uh killed people um, increasing every day. Unfortunate, as I mentioned at the beginning of our radio program, Russian army targets civilians. Russian army targets civilians. Kids dying. Uh, you know, elderly people are dying. And churches are uh, bombed as well at the different cities. So uh, with the, what, what are we talking here? It's, it's really uh, evil attacking Ukraine. And Ukraine, as uh, it's a country of uh, you know we have so many churches of different denomination you know and people walking driving to school of if you would see like ukraine on on sunday you will see many people in the morning they walk into church uh, in the evening they walk into church during the week they walk into church after 1991 so ukraine really wake up and people um you know uh, went back to God. You know, they praying, they building churches, they doing a lot of ministry. This is this is uh, what Ukraine is uh, is uh, now, and uh, you know, we really we really appreciate um, you know support. And uh, speaking about Ukrainian Amer- American Cultural Association of Oregon, uh, uh, we continue to receive a lot of uh, donation to our organization. And uh, speaking about me, you know, uh, I am as an employee of Riverview Community Bank. I'm so touched uh, and and so appreciative of the fact that, um, uh, you know, CEO of Riverview Community Bank was one of the first people who called me when this invasion to Ukraine happened. So he offered help. And I'm so appreciating, uh, appreciative of Riverview Community Bank doing a huge donation to our organization, which is $10,000. And I appreciate as well as uh, uh, one of the uh, board of directors of our bank, uh, Bass, uh, who, who really came up along with us and helped us and trying to help even this radio program. It's a, I'm so appreciative of that, what we have here. And um, I also uh, appreciative of Riverview Community Bank because now at uh, every branch of uh, Riverview Bank, you can come to that branch and we have a box uh, donation for Ukraine, and uh, we would be so appreciative of any donation to Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon. All those money would be used to buy medical supplies, and those medical supplies would be shipped to well, Ukraine. And I think, you know, Alex is modest in the sense that he doesn't say, but he's been in touch with the Secretary of State's office, and they've gotten so that they can get a cargo plane and get these medical supplies there quickly. So, you know, our local Ukrainian community has been doing work on behalf of our nation, if you will, you know, to get help to Ukraine. I think that one of the things that is so powerful about this time right now 
is that so many people have come together. At the prayer vigil, there were letters of support from our state senators. There were letters of support from representatives. There was the chief of police from Portland there. There was a superintendent of schools from Portland School District. There was a superintendent of schools from Reynolds School District and and many others that not necessarily are all singing the same song at the same time in our world right now. But yet they were all there on behalf of Ukraine because everyone knows this is wrong. Everyone knows it's not right. We can all have political differences, but it's not right to hurt people that are innocent, you know, innocent victims, and to do things that are just not, you know, not ethical, if you will. Bess Wills is the owner of Gresham Ford, and her friend Alex Moscow serves not only as the vice president of the Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon, as well as the Gateway Branch of Riverview Community Bank. So check out some websites, which I'll post on the Difference Makers page at truetalk100.com, where you can make a difference and drop off a donation, whether it's at Gresham Ford, greshamford.com, riverviewbank.com at multiple locations. And I want you to follow a Facebook page. It is for the Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon and Southwest Washington. More with Bess Wills and Alex Moscow next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Bess Wills from Gresham Ford and Alex Moskal, VP and the Gateway Branch Manager for Riverview Community Bank. He's also the Vice President of Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon and Southwest Washington, which I'd like you to follow on Facebook. There's a guitarist I met. His name is James Mead, and he plays with the band Cutlass. And they've done missions as well as concerts all over the globe. You let me know what your thoughts are. But James told me that I should always say Ukraine. And never say the Ukraine, because that can be insulting. Is that true? Yeah, the thing is, when Ukraine was part of Soviet Union, uh, you know, most of people whose English is primary language would, would uh, use the. But it's uh, Ukraine is an independent country now, you know, because when it was one of 15 countries of uh, Soviet Union. But we, we appreciate it so much that people start using that. It's a Ukraine now. You know, and speaking about Ukraine, what I would like to add, unfortunately, you know, I'm a father of three kids and I'm my oldest daughter. She graduated from uni- university. She, so she has a professional career. So I ended up knowing that, unfortunately, people do not study much European history here in U.S., you know, because U.S. is almost a continent, you know, and all studies, uh, unless you go to professional school like an historian, so let me tell you something about uh, like Ukraine. So Ukraine is one of the oldest countries uh, in Europe. Uh, the old name of Ukraine was Kiev Rus, and then um, you know our country been uh, became Christian nineteen nine eighty eight. So more than one thousand years ago, it's very old old country. So when our country been invaded by Mongolians in thirteenth century. You know, another country start um, evolving from Ukraine because a lot of settlers went east, 
was Moscovian Kingdom. And that Moscovian Kingdom was uh, basically ruled uh, by, you know, remains of uh, Mongolian tribes. And uh, if you would search how old Moscow is, and Moscow was founded, founded in 14th century only. When, when, you, when we think about the history of Ukraine as like 5,000 uh, years, it's a very old country. Down the road, uh, you know, Mosco- uh, title of Moscovian Kingdom will, was used till like 19th century. But, you know, Russian kings um, at that time, or Moscovian kings at that time, decided to add some history to their country. And they used that name, uh, Kiev Ross or Ross. And they became Russian and they gave us name like Ukraine. It was like, it's a site. What left on the site, you know? Well, when I read about it last night, I mean, uh-huh. trying to get my history up to speed, they said it would be like um, it was the like the we would say the southwest so they said the ukraine and then when ukrainian became independent then they want to be called ukraine not yeah you, the ukraine yeah thank you for for bringing that up so yeah. but speaking about uh, what what happened when uh, when ukraine became independent after 1991 ukraine wants to be member of european union and ukraine wants to go back to european values you know ukraine wants to be a christian country you know open open to the world when russia decided to be secluded uh you know not much um not not, not much as a uh, ukraine and that been irritating russian government for a long long time so one of the roots of this war is that russia really wants to take ukraine uh, back into the they they trying to build the you know soviet union too Soviet Union too, where church would be prohibited, when human rights uh, freedoms would be taken away. This is the biggest problem where we facing now. We people really need to understand what what is it behind of this war. Well, what again, Alex? You know, I am not you, and I don't know nearly what you do. But from all the reading that I do, that Ukraine, Ukraine is basically the breadbasket of the Europe. You know, it is so, the GDP is very high, you know, that they raise so many vegetables and grains and all these things. And so it's a very valuable resource just, you know, in general. And so, you know, what they always say is follow the money. (laughs) Speaking of which, is it the geographic advantage of having access to the water, which makes Ukraine so attractive to the Russians? I, uh, so first of all, Ukraine is well known to having the richest um, soil in the world, and the the amount of uh, you know uh, wheat and grain that we produce in Ukraine is so huge, and uh, th- this is one of the definition of Ukraine. But you know, most people probably would uh, not even know that Ukraine even uh, produce rockets, and you know, like NASA used them. Uh, for different uh, purposes. So we uh, have a very advanced uh, uh, IT development in Ukraine. It's a lot of factories in Ukraine, a lot of uh, a lot of different industries as well was uh, agriculture uh, total. But Ukraine always want to be part of European Union and Ukrainian people really wants to go back to Europe where they belonged before. And um, Ukrainian people, you know, like 
average Ukrainian, they, they, they love freedom. They love freedom. That's why they fight badly, because they fight for their freedom. You know, what Russians thought when they invaded us 11 days ago, that Ukrainian people would sur- uh, surrender to them. But no, it's not going to happen, because p- Ukrainian people, they, they, they really, um, you know, pro-freedom people, they don't like any... Uh, you know, dictatorship, you know, versus Russia, they people like dictatorship, they want like one state church, which is uh, like Ukrainian Orthodox Church. And when we're talking about uh, Christians in in, uh, in Russia compared to Christians in uh, Ukraine, it's it's not easy to be Christian in, in Russia anymore. There and here, we, we hear a lot of signals how 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 they've been suppressed in in uh, Russia, how many churches been closed. Which, which none of them of this been to Ukraine. Uh, so more and more churches are building. We have a lot of ministries, even from U.S., come, uh, come into Ukraine. We have American pastors. Uh, we have missionaries in Ukraine. This is this is a definition of Ukraine, you know, spiritual Ukraine. How spiritual Ukraine is compared to there, and people people really really fight for their freedom for for because they they want to be who they are, you know. But the thing is, it's not easy to withstand when bombs are falling to your church, when bombs are falling to your school, when bombs are falling to your hospital. You know, I just spoke to one gentleman this morning. He is from a small town in Ukraine called Malin in Zhitomer region. And he mentioned, hey, I spoke to my parents, you know, that for last night, a Russian army bombed school, Russian army bombed our down a hole. A Russian army bombed uh, our church, and Russian army bombed our uh, hospital. And you know, and we don't have any like uh, army station uh, in in our times. It's, it's all civilian. So this really, and, and he mentioned, hey, I cannot, I cannot um, connect with my parents. I don't know what is with my parents. You know, I haven't heard from them in two. Days. And we pray with this uh, person, you know, we really pray for his parents, for his loved one, for his town. This is what people going through now in Ukraine. And this is what we going, you know, we on the phone, we, we call our parents, we call our relatives so often as never before, because we really worried what next day would bring to our families. And this is amount of worry uh, that we, we all going through. And, um, you know, I'm. And I just want our fellow American Christians just uh, pray with us, pray as often as possible, and please keep us in in, in your praise and keep Ukrainian people of Ukraine in your prayers as well. Alex Moscow's dear friend, Bess Wells, was fortunate enough to be invited to a prayer service recently. And Bess, as a fellow person who grew up in the United States, where we've had these freedoms, where no one's stolen Bibles from us, you were really touched by this prayer and worship service that you attended. Do you believe that we who grew up in America are somewhat soft, that we take things for granted about being able to pray, have Bibles, and to worship collectively? Oh, Mike, I do so much. I mean, we, you know, I think sometimes we get so um, wound up and everything that's wrong and our tragedies, you know, our day-to-day tragedies that we think a tragedy in life is, oh, I, my Wi-Fi is not working. <laughs> and so, <laughs> You're you, right. You know, God forbid we, the GPS drove us to the wrong place 
yeah. one time out of a thousand, right. right? Those are our our problems. And if we have to wait in line for anything more than a minute and a half, we're, you know what I'm saying, we think that we've been, um, you know, terrible, something terrible's happened to us. And so when when you see these, you know, these things that are happening to people, and these are, these are as Alex said, these are very bright. Ukraine has the fourth highest literacy rate in the world, okay? So these are very well-educated people. These aren't, um, you know, this isn't a third-world country, okay? Um, and so, but yet bombs are dropping on them. <laughs> um, and so not that one, you know, we're not used to that narrative. You know, we're not used to um, that someone is trying to impose their will on a country that is, you know, just wants to be free, wants to be independent, wants to be, um, you know, able to, um, you know, to have, you know, religion and the freedom of that religion. I mean, we are so... We are so blessed in this country to have all of those things available to us. And, um, yeah, I, I certainly saw in that room, there was a different intensity from people that have, have not, and now they have than, you know, than those of us that have just always expected it. I think that's a great perspective and it's a good reminder for us of, why we should care, and what can we do with the tools that God has placed in our hands, which leads to what you're doing at the locations of Riverview Bank and Gresham Ford. So Alex Moscow, who also serves as VP of the Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon and Southwest Washington, tell us what are your greatest needs and how can we best serve you? Um, Thank you very much. So one more time, um, you know, whatever, we've been helping Ukraine a lot. We've been sending a lot of stuff to Ukraine since uh, 2014 when Russians invaded Crimea and uh, two parts of Ukraine. So we, we were, you know, trying to send as much as possible medical supplies. We also sent a number of containers with uh, clothes and, and other necessities. But what happened today people in Ukraine, they, they bleed into death every day. So people need those medical supplies now. They cannot wait that we will ship that. It's taken two months to ship medical supplies by sea. What we're trying to do, we're trying to, uh, you know, find cargo planes, pay for them, or ask uh, someone help us with plane and send as much as possible medical supplies to people in need in Ukraine. So speaking whatever we have here in U.S., um, and uh, just adding to what just uh, Bass mentioned, that tonight when, when you guys going to have prayer with your family, please, please be more grateful, more appreciative of what you have here in York. And please bring to your loved one that we have some people today in the world, their church is a bomb shelter, their hospital is a bomb shelter, their school is a bomb shelter, and they've been there, some people have been there for 11 days. And they pray hard. They 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 pray hard. Ask um, God to stop this war. That really people would understand that um, you know there is there is so great to be here in U.S. That's so great to be 
praying here and uh, I I would say, you know, have your best word appreciation to God to what you have here. And just understand that some people don't have even 1% of we have here in the U.S. They don't have safety. They don't know what it's going to be tomorrow. They haven't checked their books or computers uh, for so long. They don't go to school and uh, medical help is so limited because if, you know, um, even some kids are born now in bomb shelters because you cannot deliver them to hospitals. Because I saw that on the news. The yeah, bombs fall in everywhere, you know. And this, you know, speaking of uh, us people who are from Ukraine, we wake waking up 6 a.m., we go to computer, and we, we we watch news, we read news. I know it's so difficult. We Our every morning start was a pray and news, pray and news. So I saw a family, they were next to a church and uh, and like Russian, um, uh, uh, you know, bomb ended up and family of two parents and kids were killed just basically on the, on the stairs of church. This is how uh, it is bad as and please keep Ukraine and people of Ukraine in your prayers and um, and once again, whatever you are able to donate to help people in Ukraine, we highly appreciate and we pray for your families and we, we pray for U.S. And, um, and thank you very much. Well, I'm just so grateful that, um, that businesses, uh, you know, you don't think of bankers being the kinder, gentler thing, you know, but I'm so proud of um, Riverview Community Bank for stepping up and making a sizable donation to the uh, Ukrainian Cultural Association because they know, as good business people, that's where the money's going to get to these people that need it the fastest. You know, they are the ones that have the connections and so forth, and it's going to go through the least amount of administrators to get it there. Um, They've been in contact with uh, Congressman uh, Jamie Herrera-Butler and the State Department and getting the resources to get it to the Ukraine quickly. So I encourage all of, um, you know, business professionals out there to be like-minded, like Riverview Community Bank, and step up to help the Ukrainian um, community and um, get it to this organization because I do believe strongly that this organization will get it to the right people at the right time. I know Mike and I, every year, we talk about Snowcap, and I say the reason I am so high on Snowcap is it gets food into the hands of those that are hungry with the least amount of, you know, 94 cents of every dollar gets to the end user. Well, right now, I believe... This is how to get our resources to the people that need it in Ukraine. Thank you so much. Best Wills of Gresham Ford. Check out her website, GreshamFord.com. And Alex Moskal of Riverview Bank. His website address is RiverviewBank.com. And as he also serves as VP of the Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon and Southwest Washington, please follow them on Facebook as well. More next with Best Wills and Alex Moskal on Difference Makers.
You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and it's wonderful to get educated from Alex Mosca, who serves not only as vice president and the branch manager of the Gateway location of Riverview Community Bank, but he's also the vice president of Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon and Southwest Washington. I'd like you to follow them on Facebook. And the link is on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So I'd like to ask you, Alex, and you, Bess Wills of Gresham Ford, where did you two meet up in the first place? Well, I heard of Alex through another team member at Riverview Community Bank. You know, um, you've heard me talk about Casey Ryan. Um, he's worked with us on Philabag before. And he said, hey, Bess, we've just hired this great guy um, to run the Gateway Branch. You've got to meet him. And so I went and um, talked to him. Well, I, in all fairness, it was COVID. So I talked to him on the phone, okay? So we met on the phone. And I was so impressed with his story and, and you know, how grateful he was to be here in the United States. And, and I mean, his story is a great one. I mean, to get here with just very few dollars in his pocket, to take every job that he was offered to do things and to get to where he is today was a great, you know, it's a great journey. It's a great story of an immigrant making a great success story in, um, in the United States. As a matter of fact, I was so impressed by it that I gave his name to Mike Wiley of Hoodview um, Community Newspaper, and he did a front-page story about Alex. Um, and I think, as a matter of fact, uh, Dennis um, Hayes here has had a front-page story in that newspaper also. So anyhow it's funny what a small world we was, live in yeah, it is a small it is a small world but anyhow and so um yes so i you know i can't do justice to his story but it is something that a movie would need to be made of if you will i would agree with you on that best wills so alex moscow you mentioned that you've been in the united states for about 20 years and that you grew up in ukraine so can you tell us about your background tell us about the family you grew up in uh, thank you uh, very much. So uh, I'm uh, from very small uh, town in uh, high elevation Carpathian uh, region on the border with uh, with Ukraine. So speaking about my parents, um, my grandparents uh, on both sides they were wealthy landowners, and uh, after like after Soviet Union ended up uh, taking part of uh, region that I'm from. Uh, after 1945, um, both uh, my grandparents on mother's side and father's side uh, face it uh, that uh, Soviets or communists um, took from them all land and uh, basically took farm, took everything because they want to build collective farms. So they were left only with probably a quarter of acre land. That's all what was allowed at that time. And you need to go and work uh, only on a state-owned farm or state-owned uh, factory. So that that's uh, that's uh, was my story. So speaking about living in Soviet Union, I remember myself. Um, we were very limited to resources. You know, like there were lines for everything. If you want to buy some um, clothes, it's a it's a line. You know. And when you want to buy a refrigerator, so you go and register in some line and wait a couple of years to buy this refrigerator. 
So I'm not speaking about car because if you want to buy a car, like cheap version of, uh, we, we have a dealer here. We have a representative of dealer, cheap version of a Yugo car like Fiat. You know, you need to be in that line like 10, 15 years just to buy a car. So everything was so limited. Uh, and and uh, speaking about, uh, you know, s- spiritual, you know, church was prohibited back in uh in uh, in Soviet Union, I remember myself probably from age five. Uh, so when when my grandfather would be listening some Voice of America, you know, and they have a lot of um, you know programs about uh, spiritual pro- programs talking about Bible. So he would go to like one room in house, you know, close all windows, you know, cover all those windows, and he would try to play with the radio to really find this frequency uh, freedom of America or voice of America. And then we would uh, listen a different uh, radio station like yours one today, but back 40 years ago, because all of those were prohibited. But if some would uh, catch you doing that, you know, you may end up in jail for a long, long time because it was prohibited. Bible was prohibited. Everything was um, was prohibited. There were no times that you can go and get Bible from someone, or you can buy a Bible. This this is how it was, and and you know God was prohibited. You know school. You know you cannot talk about uh, God at school because you can be suspended from school. You know, and that's that's uh, how it was. So that majority of people would not understand that in U.S. Because they they really as as you Mike mentioned as Beth mentioned, majority of people here in U.S. taking everything as granted, you know. And me being an immigrant of twenty years in U.S., um, if like some some people would complain about their life in in U.S., you know, I would really stand uh, for U.S. and say, "What are you complaining about? You live in the best country. It's a country of opportunity, country of possibilities, you know." Instead of complaining, you really should thank God and you really be thankful as much as possible what you have here. But majority of people try to judge this country, try, uh, you know, uh, you know, I say, hey, no, no, don't do it, you know. Well, and I don't want to interrupt you, Alex, but I think you need to tell the listeners, too, how extremely, extremely lucky you were to get a visa to the United States. Yeah, like, well, that was like, that is like incredibly lucky that you got that you know what um so what happened to me uh you know i won a green card lottery uh 20 years ago this is uh it's called diversity lottery only certain amount of people a year allowed i don't know what amount of those visas there is very few very few and i won that and um at that time i was 27 years old i just uh ended i just uh had my phd i was uh you know, college uh, uh, college teacher called senior lecture for college. I was teaching banking, and then I ended up having this uh, uh, green card lottery. I ended up in San Francisco, so I know someone who immigrated early to San Francisco, and um, you know, and it was not easy because you on a green card. And uh, let me put uh, go back a little bit. So at that time. As a college senior lecturer, I probably was making 150 to 200 bucks a month in Ukraine. So I just borrowed some money to pay for ticket and ended up here. When majority of people complaining about life in US, it was 2001, 
So I found the job immediately, like in couple couple days, and and then and and uh, start working. Um, so I went to Sears store to buy some shoe because I ended up that December in U.S. It's a little bit warmer than in Ukraine, and my shoes were more like for winter, like win- winter style style shoe. And you know, I I learned some English in Ukraine, as you probably learn Spanish or French. So. Uh, you know, and um, I really ended up finding job very fast. I worked two jobs, and I went to college, study English. You know, I never complain. I would say thank you, God, for providing me this opportunity. I have two jobs. Uh, I'm very grateful, and I'm very thankful. And combination of uh, hard work and combination of uh, praying and appreciating ended up me where I am now. And you know, speaking of Riverview Community Bank, uh, I'm just take pride. Um, and I'm very proud of Riverview Community Bank, and I'm very appreciative to, um, you know, Riverview Community Bank Management, Board of Direction, for all that support that we have here. And I do believe this is happening because the Riverview Community Bank, it's a local bank that knows what's going on here where bank operates, with the people where bank operates, and those values that the bank practice uh, on a, on a daily this is make a strong bank that's really stand for you, stand for your values, and stand for your community. And um, and that's that's um, uh, I I would recommend this bank to a lot of people joined us and um, and you know as a community together we're stronger. You know, River Community Bank was a community of Portland and Vancouver. And once again, if you want to donate your money, uh, you can do that at any location of uh, Riverview Community Bank. You can find all those uh, locations at the riverviewbank.com. At each of our location, we have a donation bin where you can come donate and really help people who are in need in Ukraine and refugees as well. Best Wheels, thank you so much for introducing me to your friend Alex Moscow, who serves not only as a vice president and the gateway branch manager for Riverview Community Bank, but he's also the VP of Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon and Southwest Washington. There are a bunch of links I'm going to throw up on the Difference Makers page that I want you to look at at truetalk800.com, which would include Ukrainian American Cultural Association of Oregon and Southwest Washington's Facebook page, Ukrainian Association of Washington State, and of course, riverviewbank.com, and greshamford.com slash help, which will link you to the Ukrainian Bible Church. And Alex Moscow. When did your faith become your own? I do believe um, um, I would take it as, as long as I remember myself when my uh, grandfather uh, was praying with me. Uh, you know, windows were closed and uh, doors were closed, and windows were closed literally was uh, was um, you know hard closed. Let, let's put it this way, and uh, was brought to me, and I appreciate my grandparents so so much. So it is prohibited now, but would be a day, and when when you freely can go to church, when you you can pray to God uh, freely. And my, uh, I believe, from this young age, my parents, my grandparents, as well as my parents, and you know, they really they they really brought Christianity to me. They they really brought values uh, to me. They really brought. Uh, God from me. Even no one outside was talking about that because that was prohibited. My story is probably different from majority of people here because it's it was free. No one, no one really persecute. No one really, really go after you. You know, and uh, I want just people remember that that um, 
there's so many people uh there is so many ways how people came to know God but in my my way it's a uh, came f- to me at my as soon as I can remember myself you know I remember uh, my grandfather and my grandmother they they really uh, they I start praying with them so I I do believe at that very early age because it was prohibited was was something and and I remember that and I'm telling that to my kids which not easy for them to understand because you know the they I I really need to spend some time explaining to to them how it was back then 40 plus years thank you so much for your stories today Alex Moscow and you best wills well thank you Mike thank you for giving us this time and and I just hope that you know if just one mom is given some relief you know i want to you know extend gratitude to the people of poland that have been so gracious and uh, you know in other countries in europe that are accepting these refugees and so you know i just want to thank everyone and all the listeners because we can make a difference you know this isn't called difference makers because we can't so brothers and sisters in christ fellow christians i guess job number one is to pray Pray for Ukraine, pray for peace, pray for wisdom, pray for leaders to make sound, godly, rational decisions. Pray as if it all depends on God, but act as if it all depends on us. So I'll leave all those places where you can make a donation on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. And thank you so much for joining us on Difference Makers. Thank you. Thanks. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.